0: Hey everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. So, joining us today for this side quest are once again our friends Rachel, who has a mouthful of water right now, and Chris. Hello. Hello. Today we are talking about because I thought this would be fun to do since mm-hmm. every time we talk about top five or top eleven JRPGs, mm-hmm. everybody knows what number one is going to be. So I thought, That's, what? Why don't yeah. we make a top five list where I have no idea what Russ is going to pick? Yeah. Today room we're talk- for surprise. E- Today, we're talking about our top five non-JRPG games. And I'm going to say it can be game or series of games, because there was one where I just couldn't pick between two of the games in the series. We'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. We're just going to go around clockwise. Uh, I'll start off. My fifth game is a PC game, Betrayal at Krondor. It's it's a bit of an older game. Uh, first of all, I love the book series that it's based on. But second of all... I. I it really, it was almost like the Skyrim of its time for the amount of content that was in there. You could just wander this world at your discretion, go into every nook and cranny, let me go into this town that has nothing to do with anything going on, talk to the people there, I'll master a loot, uh, I'll do some side quests. And this isn't an RPG. It is an RPG, it is not a J oh, RPG. okay. This is a Western style RPG.
1: So you cheated, is what you're saying. <laughs>
0: I said non-JRPG. Okay, fair. No, I fe- fair. I feel like I pronounced J pretty clearly. I, che-
1: I cheated on our list of top 11 games, so I'll I mean, give you this. So yeah. I
0: just, I, I really I really love Betrayal at Crandor. It is my number five game because it's a game that you could spend a long time in. It is basically old, old What was it for?
1: Scott. Like what system was it for? Or was it just a PC game? It was a PC, it was game? PC game. Like a Windows 95 game.
0: Might have been a little older
1: than that, actually. Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Rachel... What have you got?
2: Oh, my my fifth? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to just start with Pocahontas for the Genesis. Um, and that's just because it's what I grew up with and I would play it all the time. And the whole premise of the game is you are Pocahontas and you are saving all the animals so that you can, you know, paint with all the colors of the wind. It's beautiful. It's fun because you get to, like, find the animals that need your help, and then you get their powers. It's like a level-up system, so when you find the otters, then you learn that you can swim, so you know how to swim suddenly, and it opens up a whole new part of the world, so...
0: So it's a bit Metroidvania?
2: Yeah, kind of. It was, like, the first time I really had played a game where it was like, oh, you have to find the power-ups, like... And then you get the ultimate power.
0: This
1: is my favorite episode of the podcast ever now for your no answer. <laughs> Thank I you. never in a billion years would have guessed.
2: Oh my god, it's so po- good. And I
1: never I didn't even know there was a Pocahontas game.
2: I own it if you want to play it. Yeah,
0: now I have to yep. check it out.
2: It's really, really good. It's yeah. yep you get to just paint with all well, the wind. Well now in the I can wind. see
0: there's gonna be a side quest where the two of them review Pocahontas <laughs> for the yeah. There has to be now. Wingapo. <laughs> That's all right. wonderful. Russ, what do you got for number five? So
1: mine aren't, you know me. I I know. You just picked five. I just picked five. I don't really order anything. So what I did is I picked my five favorite types of games that are not RPGs. Because
0: you've always got to do something special.
1: And then narrowed them down to my favorite example of that. So first, we're going to go, my favorite non-RPG type of game is platformers. And my favorite platformer of all time is Super Mario Bros. 3, which which is a real... I almost said Super Mario Bros. 2 because I like weird stuff. Oh, geez. And I've seen you speedrun that game. And I can speedrun Super Mario Brothers 2. I mean, not like at like a world record level or whatever, but I can do it.
0: Yeah, you can beat it in and, like 20 minutes. It's pretty impressive. Oh, like
1: 12. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Um, and that's nowhere near Well, gosh, I was run. wrong. Put me in my place. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I almost picked that because I like weird things and I like to be contrary. But ultimately, Super Mario Brothers 3 is my favorite platformer from my childhood i also highly prefer the 2d side-scrolling mario platformers to the 3d ones i mean like odyssey was great um and galaxy is really good but i don't have nostalgia for like <clears throat> mario 64 or sunshine or anything like that so yeah super mario Bros. 3. it's a really safe answer but it's true and it's and platformers are one of my favorite game genres that are not rpgs yeah it's on my list too <laughs> It, I, but I mean, is it at really number good. five? Oh, no. No, no, no. So, Chris, what do you have at number
3: five? I went with series, actually, before you even said we were allowed to. So, But I was prepared to pick like uh, one from it. Anyways, so I really like shooters. Shmups, if you will. STGs, if you're fancy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like shmups. Yeah, shmups. Yeah. I like shmups because some people are like, don't ever call them shmups. And I'm like, okay, they're shmups. Yeah, my favorite series of shmups is uh, the Darius series, which people tend to read as Darius. Okay, I, oh, I thought say it was I'd Darius. Never heard of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, I found this out from a fellow shooter fan. He was like, "Actually, look at the Japanese pronunciation of it," and I was like, "Oh yeah, okay. It's it is Darius, True. but it matches exactly a male American name. So anyway, yeah.
0: doesn't matter. You can call Darius you Rucker.
1: Want. Yeah, fan of the show. Of I don't show. know." <laughs>
0: He yeah. hasn't proved us wrong. Friend yet. of the show. Yeah. Yeah. he hasn't said we, he isn't. That's true.
1: There
3: you, there you go. Uh, what I like about Darius is that it's it's the same thing. It's like it's weird. Uh, the music is bonkers. It's like you know acid jazz and opera and like you know trippy like weird things like that instead of just like metal or techno or something, which is what you usually hear in these kind of games. And I love the premise of it because. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, all of the boss and most of the regular enemy spaceships that you fight against look like fish. They're basically fish ships. It. I like to think that in ni- the mid eighties, at some point, some guy went to a seafood restaurant in Japan and he like looked in the like, in the glass like aquariums where you know you see like the big fish and stuff while you're like ordering lobster or whatever, and he was just like sitting there and thinking, man, what if you could get in there and shoot those fish? Yeah. And from it a series was born that is uh to this day like my favorite. I think that's favorite.
0: canonically how the series yeah. was come yeah. up with. Yeah, yeah. The
3: Japanese do like to go to aquariums and talk about how delicious everything looks and so. and how much they want to shoot them with guns. Yeah. And um yeah, like the first game that was like more
0: like an American Japanese person. Yeah, I person. know, right.
3: This maybe my my American interpretation. <laughs> but like everything about it is is just been impressive. Like the first game was uh in arcades was three monitors wide it was <laughs> yeah. ultra wide screen yeah. and uh even the newest game is you know Derise burst chronicles uh saviors whatever there's a long title and like you know making the jump to like kind of modern era like it's just gotten better and better over time so that's that's my fifth favorite shmups are good i yeah.
0: support that all right so for my fourth favorite i have fallout tactics Um, kind of like Russ has talked about how he likes to just every now and again, a couple times a year, dive into final fantasy V Mm -hmm. and play with the job classes. And it's nice and relaxing. I feel the same way about fallout tactics. I have played the first, I want to say five missions of that game a hundred times, uh, because every now and again, I'm just like, ah, let's play some fallout tactics. I'll play it as a different character. No, I won't. I always play it as the same character every time. I always end up with the exact same squad members every time. But uh, it's a lot of fun to actually line up your strategies, and they, they put the Fallout humor in it. Uh, there's a lot of hidden characters. Uh, Riddick, Vin Diesel's Riddick, is a secret recruitable character in the game. It it really it's just a SRPG Fallout, but it's so much fun. The one of the stories that'll always stick with me. the The Deathclaws are super super tough in Fallout Tactics until you recruit them and then they're on your team and then they're normal tough, because of course. Sure. So I was trying to kill a Deathclaw that was in a building. I had somebody rush in, throw a grenade right on top of the Deathclaw and run out. So Deathclaw takes a grenade full to the face, runs out the door where I had somebody waiting down the street with a rocket launcher. Deathclaw takes a rocket to the face, turns and charges at the person with the rocket launcher who has time to reload, give them another rocket to the face. Deathclaw keeps coming. They reload, and they fire again as Death Claws right in their face, blowing both of them up. Deathclaws are super, super strong in that game, and it is, it's just fun to try and come up with strategies. Yeah, I've never heard of tactics.
2: So. I only know about it because of Jeff. I see. <laughs> But well, I've it, never played it.
0: Yeah, it was a PC game that came out after, I believe, 1 and 2. I'm okay. pretty sure it became so an it after.
1: So it was before the heyday of Fallout Three.
0: Yes, okay. it takes place in the American Midwest, which has never been used by any other Fallout property, mm-hmm. and you are a member of the Brotherhood of Steel. Okay. And it's it's fun because it's a game where you you have a squad, and as the game goes on, you can recruit ghouls into the squad, and then uh, mute. Uh, it's ghouls, super mutants can come into the squad. Ghoul uh, Deathclaws can then come in. And then you fight androids who can then come into your squad. It had a multiplayer. And in the multiplayer, you could have dogs on your team. But uh-huh. you can't play as dogs in the main game. Hmm. Did anything bad happen to the dogs? They would probably get shot a lot. Okay. Nothing survives long I'm, in Fallout. I'm sorry. I, I don't think I could handle it then. Mm-mm. Rachel, what have you got for four? So
2: for four, I picked a game that I have just put... Tons and tons of hours into for no good reason other than it's Civilization Five. I just love the concept of all these ancient or even modern like heroes of myth and legend or even villains um, coming together and fighting over land. And you get to like decide. I don't know is Genghis Khan gonna get space like space travel? Who knows? I don't think Genghis is in Five, but you know what I mean. But yeah, I just really enjoy like the tactics of it. Um, I would try to always do like the the war. Like, I would always try to do a war class, and, like, I'll dominate everyone, and then I just end up going to culture or science, and I'm not really good at trying to fight. It's so hard. It costs so much money, and then your people are unhappy, but, yeah, hundreds and hundreds of hours in this game. It's so good, though. You wouldn't
1: make a very good American president. I
2: would, and I would never play as the Americans.
1: (laughs) 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 I don't blame you. (laughs) But,
2: yeah, and I have six right now, and six is really good as well, but uh, five is definitely where it's at, and I think that's the one that Leonard Nimoy...
0: Yeah, Uh, voice so yeah i think he voiced several of them i thought
2: uh well six is sean bean
0: yeah because leonard wasn't around anymore but i think he voiced this i thought he voiced the series up through five
2: maybe i don't know either way it's really nice hearing him talk i I could be wrong
3: i want (laughs) to know the logical jump going from leonard
0: nimoy to sean bean (laughs) yeah (laughs) well when leonard nimoy's not around you just look around and go is that is that sean standing in the corner hey sean are you busy
2: it's because, you know, you're going to die, so you might as well be married to Sean
0: Bean is always looming in the corner, so if, if they make a sequel to the
3: Dreamcast game, Caution Seaman, is that oh going to be oh Sean god. Bean? That would be
0: amazing. <laughs> Caution, Caution Sean Man. I only learned about Seaman because of the Hyperdimension Neptunia series. Oh my god, that's I had to so be like, creepy. And what, what is this a reference to? So I, I knew about it back in the day. It so was, that's not
2: on your list? No. <laughs> no.
0: Russ, what do
1: well, you have for number four? Well, my next one, speaking uh, of c <laughs> <laughs> <I just laughs> Oh,
0: God. All right, shut it down. We're done no,
1: Not really. So I decided the next kind of game I like to play that is not JRPGs is puzzle games. And my favorite puzzle game of all time, this is going to be a real retro flashback, is The Adventures of Lolo. <laughs> nice. You
0: had us play that. We actually yeah, did I a it review first, of, you know. Eggerland.
1: Yes, Exactly. Um, Adventures of Lolo, you are Lolo, who is a little blue ball, and he's
0: trying to rescue his girlfriend, Princess Lala, who's a little pink ball. So that they could team up and take on Kirby. Yes. yes. Exactly. Because um, they showed up as boss characters in a Kirby game. But they
1: used their aliases, Lolo lo, lo and Lala La, la, la. Yeah, <laughs> So that nobody oh. would recognize or, them. Or as they say in Kirby's av- uh, avalanche, Lolo lo, lo and Lala la, la. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and I lo- and I love it. You you save the princess by climbing 50 floors of a castle and solving puzzles where you push blocks around and collect hearts. Uh and it was just it really won me over as a child because it was adorable and also fun puzzles. Um and I I truly my favorite one is Adventures of Lolo 3 because it is the longest one, it has the most puzzle variety. You actually go to different dungeons. You can play as Lala, which makes literally no difference, except I liked the little pink ball better than the little blue ball. And, um, but the interesting thing about the first two games is they have a Super Mario Brothers 1 and Japanese 2 thing going on, where the second game is just a harder version of the first game. Oh, And so it's 50. So you play the first two games as kind of a 100-puzzle joint venture as the puzzles just get harder and harder. So is the third game like
3: actually like secretly the best one?
1: Yeah. The third game is my favorite one because it has the most puzzle variety and it has, and you, and there's like an overworld and it's a little bit nonlinear. You can, so it is like, wow. Yeah, it really is.
0: Parallels. And you can
1: travel to, to different areas and do the puzzles in a different order. And, um, it starts out super, super easy puzzles and then gets really hard. So, um, Overall, just a good series, and I'm picking three as the specific game that's my favorite. Uh, highly recommended, all for the NES. All and right. I think one, I think one, I think Adventures of Lolo One is on Switch Virtual Console. I, I
3: think
0: I don't know. Chris, what have oh, you I, got
3: for four? It's me.
1: It's you. It's Chris.
3: Oh boy, so uh, actually, kind of following along with like what uh, what Russ is doing, I'm kind of like representing each genre in like one game. So, the other thing, I, I like racing games, but there's one racing game that really, like, charmed me more than any other, I think, and that's Excite Truck on the Wii. Okay. <laughs> I've heard of it. I, I played Excite. Know. I played Excite yeah. Bike
0: on the NES when I was a kid, right.
3: but... Nobody played Excite Truck. It came out, it was a launch title on the Wii. It got really middling reviews, because people were, you know, expecting so much from the Wii, and there was no Mario game, and so they were just taking their frustrations out on anything that wasn't uh, Twilight Princess, and... So it, it fell through the cracks big time. Like nowadays, like today in 2021, like you can buy the game for $5. It's not, not expensive. Uh, It is where you, basically you have a a series of trucks with no driver, it's just the trucks. And you drive through these like nice wildernessy kind of terrains. Or if you go to like Scotland, there's like an old castle and stuff that you kind of drive around. You know, you hold down one of the buttons and you, you know, tilt control. And this uh, the uh, directional pad over here does like your boost, and just using those and turning like the truck around, you get through the race. The point though is not so much to get in first place. The point is to win points by doing bonkers stuff. Nice. So if you're driving in the middle of trees without getting hit, it just rank it just rakes in like all these gold stars, and you get like you know every time you get five out of five, it's a super tree run. Uh, the more air you get, the more airtime points you get, the more you skid, the more skid points you get. If you wreck into the other trucks, you get, like, really good points if you can really smash them. And, uh, and of course, nice. recovery is really quick in the game, so it's not like that's going to make you lose the race. The only thing, you know, you get a whole lot of bonus points if you get first place and can do all this other stuff, but you can hit S rank with and still place fifth, like, if you're clever. And the every course is designed with all these little obstacle courses that you can just carve out for yourself. Uh, speaking of carving out for yourself, it has a great like kind of butt rock soundtrack that I really enjoy. The it's one of the only Wii games that does this. You can replace the entire soundtrack with whatever you want to put on that SD card. Oh wow! So I actually at one point uh, loaded in all three albums from dreary English songwriter Nick Drake and created a. Uh, <laughs> And created a, a game of Excite Drake for myself, <laughs> where I'm I'm over here, yeah, running through trees, smashing into people, you know, uh, dunking into like rivers and stuff, and jumping boats, but all with like pink moon in the background yeah. and stuff. I was it's... gonna
1: say like I would put Inya on or something. Yeah, like yeah,
3: it it works so <laughs> yeah. well. Like the juxtaposition is so good. So yeah, that's one of that is my favorite racing game, even above all the Mario Karts, and uh, and I, I just think it's really fun. And more people amazing. should check it out. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. So I'm a console gamer, by and large, right? Um, You've
1: listed two PC games so far. I'm about to <laughs> list the only console game okay. on this
0: list. But I I try to avoid playing on the PC just because I've got a nice setup. I've always had a nice setup where right. it's nice and comfortable to play on a big screen TV and play my consoles. Uh, nothing against PC gamers, and I'm not saying console gaming is superior to PC gaming. Just I've developed, I've designed my console gaming area for comfort, and I like comfort. But shockingly, the only console game on this list is Moss Aww. for VR. Moss is, uh, yeah, Moss is adorable.
2: It is so good.
0: I got Moss, and I played through the entire thing in one sitting, not, really I, not realizing I had. I got to the end of that game, and I was like, oh, look, it's a boss fight. Okay. Um, I'll just do this, and then I'll take a break from the VR, because I don't like to sit in the VR for too long, so... No, I had sat in there for like three and a half hours and beat the whole game because that was the boss of the game. It's just it's amazing to me how much they made me feel like I had a relationship with this little mouse Mm -hmm. who can't speak. The mouse can't talk. And yet I feel like we have an understanding. We have a bond. We're a team. When she died, I would feel bad like I let her down. That was on me. That's not your fault. The the puzzles are fun. the The VR is done really well because you can, you know, poke your head in and look for all the little secrets that are hiding behind rocks. You guys at home can't tell, but I'm moving my head around the mic. <laughs> just... It's uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was just a very charming experience. Uh, I I loved it very much.
1: It was charming. I don't like the. V- I can't handle a lot of VR, but the little bit that I played. With you was was quite charming. I did love that mouse.
0: Uh, I, I can't wait for them to do more moss. I know they're going to. they I was going to say moss they're and, working on another. It moss. needs to be greatly expanded because they created some lore that's very interesting, and I want to know more about it. So, um, yeah, good moss choice. is my yeah. number three solid choice. Yeah,
2: I guess that means it's my turn. Um,
0: I hope it is
1: good as Pocahontas.
2: Maybe I don't know. Um, so this is another one where it was like just because of my um, my age, but I would play oh my god i'd play this to death um the spyro series for the like the original trilogy for ps1 really good so good um i think spyro 2 is my favorite out of all of them um but yeah the i mean you're this cool red dragon um and you have like the first game you have to save all the elder dragons who've been talking down to you the whole time but it was really unique because each of them had like unique like it wasn't just like a different skin color. Like they all had some sort of unique thing yeah. about them, different voices, different personalities, which was mind blowing to me. Cause like, you don't really see these characters again after saving them. Um, maybe a couple, but it was just like, Whoa, they're all different. there's like a hundred of them or something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and yet, yeah, it's a great platformer. Um, lots of secrets, lots of fun, little bad guys that like, don't make any sense. I mean, cheaper out to kill you in one yeah. point, which that one makes sense since cheap, um, <laughs> Are your life source, um but yeah, it's fun seeing like the sheep stack up and like put like a a cloak on to look like a witch and then they come like attacking you on stilts um but yeah it was and it was like the first time I was introduced to, like layers of villain villainy like the sheep one in particular like you think it's a witch so you'd blow fire at it and then like the the cloak would melt away and you see now there's two sheep like on stilts and then you'd like headbutt them or blow fire again and then they fall off the stilts, but then there's still one left that's trying to kill you, so it was yeah. like really fun, but...
0: So, the yeah. sheep are trying to kill a dragon?
2: Yes, because you're constantly trying to kill them. Uh, okay, for life. fair <laughs> enough. For <We're> just <laughs> fighting makes sense. for their survival. Yeah, your, your little life bar is a dragonfly <laughs> that eats butterflies to get life back. You know, obviously, that makes sense. Yep, totally. And there's just diamonds hanging out. Yeah. That's this was a currency? very late
1: 90s Yeah, experience.
2: But really fun, and, like, they introduce a lot of cool characters. The bad guys are, like, ridiculous, cartoony, but, like, you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, I don't like you. I'm gonna want to i want to burn your your butt and yeah, yeah obviously they do like kid humor yeah you know. of course you burn I mean, somebody Spyro and he, was very edgy yeah he for, was so rad yeah, i mean he probably, got yeah. to be yeah, on kid. there were skateboard levels yeah i mean he was wearing sunglasses because he's so cool, <laughs> he <was pretty> cool.
3: <laughs> and the uh composer for those games was Stuart copeland the drummer for the police oh, oh wow, dang. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm.
2: quick
0: facts. this is why we
3: have chris that's a <laughs> career trajectory yeah yeah it's interesting he um uh, I mean, he he got into scoring like a lot in in the '90s.
2: It's a really good score. I mean, yeah, because yeah, all the levels are really unique too. Um, so yeah, that's pretty awesome. And I like like there's tons of mini games, lots of like variety there. Um, and the the remastered edition was really really good. That was one that like I platinumed over a weekend because I was just like, I know everything. I know where everything's at. Like yeah. here we go, and it was like really well done. So yeah, good choice. Thank
1: you. Good choice. No Pocahontas, but I mean still. I know. Cool.
2: I don't think I'm gonna top Pocahontas. You really not.
1: And I that started, was number five. So...
2: Well it's, it's not like in any actual order. Sure. But...
1: So my third type of game that I like is surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, Beat 'em ups. Um which I've is, known this for a while. Yeah. Which is not unfortunately is not a genre that you really see anymore. Um but they did recently sort of recently release Streets of Rage 4, uh, which Streets of Rage is my favorite beat-em-up series in the genre, and Streets of Rage 4 really is my favorite one because it's kind of the fan...
0: I don't know, it's no River City Ransom. ...letter for...
1: (laughs) You know, it is different than River City Ransom.
0: Yeah, River City
1: Ransom is good too, but Streets of Rage was always my go-to. I had a Genesis when I was a kid and I didn't have very many games for it, but I had Streets of Rage 2. And I played that over and over. And then 4 just is like the fan like thank you letter for loving us and supporting us (laughs) and it has because you can play you can unlock all of the characters from all of the previous games as in you can unlock like the blaze from streets of rage Ooh, one to favorite. play in streets of rage four and, and you can what about the, the, kangaroo? Kangaroo, yes. the kangaroo exactly <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah
0: i feel like i'm not in the cool kids club anymore yeah. river city ransom is games? great
3: but it doesn't have a kangaroo it doesn't have a
1: kangaroo no can
2: you pick up uh, like whole turkeys in river city ransom to replenish your health like out of a trash can
1: and you can, like, buy some. Oh, you just River City still Ransom, find them? So River City Ransom has a, has RPG aspects to uh,
2: it. Okay. So, so there's no, like, dominatrix ladies who are going to whip you into oblivion.
0: Okay, no. now we've gone into Yakuza
1: like
2: a yeah. dragon. <laughs> 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 just, I'm just telling it like it is for Streets of Rage.
0: Apparently Streets of Rage has a lot of Rage going Rage
2: on. Good.
1: Streets of Rage is good. Yeah, Streets of Rage does have dominatrix ladies. And it has Blaze, who is the best character. Mm-hmm, she's definitely the um, best. That's very true. I like to skate though too. Skate was cool. Yeah.
2: And then who is the generic white guy? Oh, Axel. <laughs> Axel, yeah, Axel's right? Oh, Axel. It's
1: always guy. an Axel. It's gotta it be Axel, time.
2: yeah. And then here's the standard American. <laughs> right,
1: exactly. Like here's the white dude. Um, he is really hot in Streets of Rage Four though. He's a beard. Ooh, okay. Um, they've grown up a little bit. I'm gonna need a that. One of them then. has a teenage daughter. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, but no, it is really good. And they released DLC for it recently that just opens up all kinds of new. Um, combat options and new weapons you can fight with a frozen swordfish nice yeah <laughs> and um you can play as shiva who's like the martial arts guy who's been a villain in the whole series and then you can play as him and it just i mean it's i like it because it's like 12 basic levels and you just kind of just go through it and you try to beat it on harder difficulties and get a higher score and it's just a very good like I'm watching Seinfeld from one eye and then I'm playing Streets of Rage 4 on my Switch in the other eye.
0: Um, I do that with a lot of games. Yeah,
1: and it's like a JRPG I want to focus on. I want to focus on one thing when I'm playing those. I can't just like skip through all the text like Jeff can. Um, I read it. So I, I, I just you. read it faster than they can speak sure, it. Sure, yeah. Uh, not distracting at all, but anyway. Um, yeah, so I love Streets of Rage 4. Streets of Rage 4 is my all right, Chris. And excellent music, oh. by the way. I'm usually not like a music person. I don't listen to a lot Little of music. Yuzo
3: Koshiro anymore. brings that out in people. But yeah, music <laughs> music is
1: great, and um, people were really worried that Streets of Rage 4 wouldn't have a soundtrack that lived up to the first three, and it did. Yeah, yeah.
3: totally. Yeah, right. I, I actually argue that guy's gotten better then, back when yeah. he was composing those older games. Anyway. So what's at your number three? My number three? Okay, so I love the Mega Man series me too and mostly i love the nes uh what would you call it a sextilogy? <laughs> yeah yeah i guess a sex something
1: like
3: that yeah Mega yeah. like sex man
1: no i'm sorry
3: <laughs> dragging this podcast down uh, anyways, <laughs>
1: we talked about Mass Effect boning in the last episode. True, for a and, long time. and
0: vagina bones came up Vanilla, during the bones, yeah. Shin mm-hmm. Megami Tensei. So yeah, no, you're just coming down to our level. <laughs> yeah. So uh,
3: my favorite Mega Man out of the original series is actually five. Oh, wow, <laughs> okay. Yeah, nobody ever. Everybody always shocks that I don't. Yeah, say normally two or three. people go two or three. Yeah. Normally people go 2 or 3, and 3 was the one I grew up with. Um, That's the one that was mine. Uh, 2 I also played, and 1 was actually really good. Although later I was like, this is so hard. When I was a kid, I didn't care. I didn't even notice difficulty. I'm actually not a big fan of 4. But yeah, 5 and 6 to a lesser extent are really great. But yeah, the thing about 5 that I like is just that, for one, I, I really love the design of it. I love the stage designs. There's little subtle things in it. One of the things I really love is that there's a mountain range that you can see in a waveman stage when you're going through it on a jet ski, which by the way, it's a, a Mega Man game with a jet ski sure. level. If you then go to Stoneman stage, which is located inside of a mine in the background, but closer, same mountain range. So it actually gives you like this sense that you're like actually traveling around. They took the terrible underwater physics and they were like, actually, this would work better if he was just like in space. And so they made, you know, a Starman stage, like an underwater. Level without making it underwater. Uh, whereas the next game in six, they were like, "Oh, an underwater stage. We should do that because that's uh obli- you know, obligatory." Uh, which uh, centaur man? Yeah, that
0: centaurs are water. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's put centaur man stage underwater. So and, like, and again, centaur is also well known for stopping time, which is his ability. Exactly, famously, so they like, stop time.
3: And that that kind of like just uh, randomness like permeates the rest of the series. But I feel like five just everything kind of makes the most sense everything kind of feels like it has a story and the action is really good it's a little on the easier side but I actually kind of dig that uh, I don't think it's as easy as two but you know and the soundtrack is not as like hard rocking as like the prior three Mega Mans because it was uh, a different composer this time Mar- uh, Mari Yamaguchi who she's not even well known among Capcom composers so I, I won't go too much into it but
0: I think we brought her up at one point because I'm sure we she did. must have done a JRPG yeah. at one point because she did one track in Breath of Fire. That that probably yeah, was uh, it. I, that yeah. I felt like that. Was I just good remember part of her. us saying, "Oh, she worked on a Mega Man game. She must be good. Mega Man games always have good yeah. soundtracks.
3: Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, she. This was the only one that she worked on, and she's the only composer that worked on it. It wasn't uh, like a duo team like some of them tend to be. Uh, but anyways, yeah, no, she made this great soundtrack that was like a little bit more uh, melodic. I feel like, and uh, and it, it ventured out a little bit more. But like, Napalm Man's stage theme is like incredible, and it's got like this this one section of it that's just like weirdly timed. Me and a friend were like, is this like twenty three eight timing or something? You know, like, it's just some outer space time. And like I think that the Dark Man theme, which is actually uh, Proto Man's uh, theme. Uh, In the game, like before you get to the Wily stages, it's just like one of the best pieces of music in the whole series, and yeah, there's just like a lot going for this one, and I feel like a lot of people overlook it. Although nowadays it's the most expensive cart by like it's like a couple hundred dollars now for one. So, you know, spend five bucks or whatever and pick up the the compilations or something. Yeah, but uh,
0: yeah, yeah. you can you can get the Mega Man games just about anywhere.
3: Yeah, they're they're everywhere. So I, I recommend people give 5 another look because it actually, it's the last one I played too because I actually didn't play it until I was an adult. But when I did play it, I was like, you know, this actually, they did a really good job with this one and I think nobody really noticed because, you know, Super Nintendo was out by then. It was like, yeah. it was a late game. <laughs> yeah. Not as
0: late as 6. No. Six, Man, was, 6 really got ignored. 6 was
3: so late that it almost didn't make it to the U.S. Nintendo themselves decided to publish it. Capcom didn't publish it over
0: here. It's the only uh, Mega Man that's Nintendo published. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway. So for my number two, it's the reason I said that we could pick games or series of games. Uh, because I picked the Quest for Glory series. Uh, How they, am I not surprised? It is a, it is an RPG slash adventure game series. I love adventure games. I got news for you, Russ. JRPGs aren't my favorite genre of games. <laughs> I am
1: shocked and hurt. They're up there,
0: but adventure games are what I grew up on, man. that Those were... Uh, for the puzzles and the characters and the stories, I loved adventure games growing up. They're harder to find now and even harder to find good ones now. But back in the heyday of Sierra Online and LucasArts, putting out Monkey Island and King's Quests and all of these games, the Quest for Glory games were something a little special. Because you got to pick your character class going in. Uh, and it start, it was three character classes, Fighter, Magic User, or Thief. Not rogue, flat out thief. Um, which meant that every puzzle in the game had at least three different solutions because every puzzle could be solved by every class using what they were good at, which meant replayability in an adventure game, which is unheard of. Usually you play through an adventure game, you know all the puzzles, you know all the solutions. It's not as much fun to go through again. It, it's the story of a young man who learns how to be a hero through a male correspondence course. And he goes out and tries to save the land. Um, I'm not going to break down each game individually. But what is cool is uh, it's the same character for all five games. And at the end of each game, you save your character to import into the next game. So, which will give you higher stats than if you just start a new character. So you can build up your stats by, you know, if you if you climb a tree over and over again, you get really good at climbing. Things like this, throwing rocks helps your strength and helps your throwing. Magic spells in the beginning have levels; the more you use them, the stronger they are. the The idea of when you guys talked about Mass Effect without me, thanks a lot. Uh, on another side, quest, you're welcome. You, got, you talked about, you know, importing your character. Quest for Glory is the first one that I can think of that did that. And there's also a hidden class of Paladin. In the second game, if you do all exactly the right things and it's not spelled out, you really just have to know what you're doing, you can earn the right to be a Paladin. And for 3, 4, and 5, you can import your Paladin character. Although if you're importing any character, it does give you the option to... Do you want to switch classes? Do you want to just make this a paladin? You can, but if you never import a character, you can never be a paladin. So it is a hidden class. But I had to pick the whole series because I can't pick between two and four. I think two is does makes the best use of all the different character classes, but four is so good. Uh, the narrator is John Rice Davies. He narrates the whole game. Nice. Four takes place in a Transylvanian environment, though. It's very dark, it's very gloomy, it's very creepy. All of the other games are much more bright and fun and full of puns. So, like, I can't pick four as the best because it's not really indicative of the series. But there's a lot there that two doesn't do. So I I couldn't pick between the two of them. So I just said the series. So there you go. My number two is the Quest for Glory series. Very nice.
2: Okay, so... Um I love any game that lets me take care of animals. I like before I had a council, like I would play like the cats and dogs series that yes, they ended in a Z because again the nineties. Um, yeah. Yeah, right? and, and um did you
1: ever play babies? I
2: did play babies, okay. but I don't like humans, so I got into that like real fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I would play games like that. Um I mean of course even like with like Pokemon coming out. Um, my favorite game, Legend of Mana, has that. Um, but one that's very similar to Pokemon that I loved mostly because I got to waste a bunch of time, and I was an only kid. Was Monster Rancher, and <laughs> it's yeah. so good because I don't know. I'm I'm assuming your young uh, your audience isn't very young, but I
0: have no idea what our audience. <laughs> our audience said. is mostly
1: Brazilian. I'm, I'm oh, tonight,
0: okay. So. Well, well, maybe to be fair. <laughs> Uh, so we're pretty split between America and Brazil and Chile. Okay. Oh, okay. And those two combined is about 95% of our audience. Okay. But we apparently have a lot of listeners in Brazil and Chile. So hi guys. Yeah, hi. I'm not going to try and, hi from you know. Bra- hi Hello. to Brazil.
2: Yeah. Hello, I don't know you. <laughs> that, that was
0: us pandering to you. That's as much as you're yeah. going to get. But uh, thank you. Yeah. Good, fu- good food. Yeah.
2: So, um, yeah, Monster Rancher was... Like, you know, when Pokemon came out, everyone was trying to be the next Pokemon. So that's when you got Digimon, you got Monster Rancher. I'm sure there's some others that I don't remember. But for Monster Rancher, um, instead of like you wandering around, like trying to capture animals, um, you were like stationary on a farm and you got to raise them to, of course, go into tournaments and fight. Um, But to get your monsters, you had to use physical media. (laughs) like cds and dvds and other playstation games to get new monsters and i would spend hours just sitting on the floor with my parents cd collection switching out the cds to try to get the coolest monsters ever because there were unique ones based on like partnerships so like in monster rancher three i remember we had like moto gp and that um, got you a special Psy roller which is like this dog Like plushie that's on a wheel, and it would be dressed up like a motorcycle, like a motorcycle driver. So it was like, this is so cool. So yeah, I would just spend hours trying to get the coolest, rarest Monster Rancher monsters from. Any media I could find. Um, was there and... like a
1: special monster if you had like Carol King's tapestry? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I'm sure there was. There's, okay. a, there's a pixie monster, so I'm Knife. sure that would yeah. have fit in perfectly. But yeah, I was always looking for the Bakus, which were like giant, like, well, again, like dog elephants. Um, and then the tigers, which were actually wolves. Yeah. That had horns. Sure. They were my favorite. They had centaurs in the game.
0: Okay, well, now I know what I have to plan.
2: (laughs) I'm not sure how it would work. Do
0: they stop time, and are they aquatic?
2: I think there is an aquatic skin. But yeah, um, each one, it was like the skins, but it would have like unique powers and stats based on what you unlocked. And then, of course, you were fighting them to become the best monster rancher that you could be. Um, And it was very charming. Did they poop? Um, they did not, so it wasn't like a Tamagotchi. Okay. So you didn't like, have to Digimon worry about poop, that. And like Digimon poop, I think. I think so too, yeah. So, so I don't think there was any
0: poop. They're
1: better. Than, and Chris
0: was worried about dragging us nah. down. Nah.
1: I know. No, no, Russ keeps us here. <laughs> I know. I've never played Digimon, but there was a web comic or something one time where it talked about Digimon pooping. It was like, it was like a kid who wanted a Pokemon and his mom got him a Digimon and then it pooped <laughs> all over the floor. <laughs> and he's like, Mom...
2: <laughs> this is why I didn't want to do. This is why I
1: didn't want do Digimon, and I, that blew my mind when okay, I found out yeah. with Digimon.
2: Nope. And then, yeah, seasons would pass. There was also seasons, and that would Fine. bring new characters coming by, and you could buy unique items, and then there were quests that you could go on. Like, you could send your monster with, like, the professor... Well, it wasn't the professor, because that would have been Pokemon. Uh, the archaeologist, or whatever he was. And then that would open up a whole new world if you, like, basically do, like, a board game and moving your character Mm -hmm. through and getting special treasures. And I don't know. I wasted so much time just trying to get unique monsters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Now I'm going to have to get that and find out if, like, my 1998 copy of Alanis Morissette's (laughs) Ironic
0: gets you a special monster.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, probably. Fun, fun
1: (laughs)
0: times. All right, Russ, what do you got for number two?
1: So for number two, my next type of game that I really like Again, should be no surprise to Jeff, because I like horror. I like horror movies,
0: and I like horror games. That's why we've been watching the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, <laughs> it is
1: the best horror franchise of all time. <laughs> but yes, and horror movies don't really scare me anymore, because I've seen so many of them. But horror games can still do it, because it's interactive, and I'm in the middle of it. Um, and I really like Silent Hill. I was going to say, it's a yeah. Silent Hill, isn't it? So it was actually, because I also like Fatal Frame. Um, and Resident Evil. Well, re- yes, Resident Evil has become not horror anymore, really, but um, it's going to be Silent Hill, and it's going to be Silent Hill Two, which is really basic answer, in terms of Silent Hill. But it is the it has the best story, it has the most creepy, eerie story, and it has Pyramid Head, of course, and. it it, yeah and it just it scared me to death when i played it i i got it um i had just started college when it came out and i got it immediately because i played silent hill one so we were just becoming friends we were were just becoming friends absolutely and i beat it in one night i stayed up all night um and then skipped class the next day because that's where you were that day that's where I was that day And uh, just played through the whole thing and playing it in the middle of the night was was particularly creepy with the legs, all of the
0: it, it's the all best. all of the legs. Yeah, it's the best if story, you but it's see uh, the face Rachel. <laughs> I'm I cannot
2: I love horror games, but I cannot play them by myself. I yeah. freak myself out. So I always have to play with someone and then I end up freaking them out because I'm like, no, 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 no,
0: no, no. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's um, yeah. The, the the monsters were especially creepy because the story has to do with sexualized violence. New podcast. A Russ and Rachel play Silent Hill. Wife, oh, yes. So all the monsters are like two pairs of women's legs sewn together, oh, and I don't like. Know. And like ugly, sexy nurses, and
2: I only know the monsters from the game, and I know is that the one where the the Shiba Inu was the villain all along. Like in
1: <laughs> that's an ending. ending. Yeah, okay. there's a, yeah. There's a special the dog ending, and there's a Shiba Inu that is controlling. That's all I know. Everything in Silent Hill, <laughs> and that's another reason I like Silent Hill is because it has that weird sense of humor. Um, there's that. There's a. U- there's also a UFO ending in. At least the first three games all have a UFO ending where you just get abducted by aliens. That's awesome. Um The series really went kind of downhill after four. But um I actually thought... So, like Resident Evil. Like Resident Evil, yes. I mean, I think Resident Evil 7 and 8 were both good. But, I mean, 7, I guess, was horror. But 8 was not horror. 8 is...
2: I don't know. Did you... Real. See the baby thing that was chasing you? That was terrifying. The, yeah,
1: the baby thing is the <laughs> one exception in Resident <laughs> Evil in Village or whatever they call it. That's the one actual horror mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. of that game. Most of it is just being horny for the for all the people yeah, trying to kill you.
2: Yeah, Yeah, all of them. All of them, not just the big all lady,
1: but like the guy in the mine and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway.
0: So number 2. Yeah, number two, Hill 2 Silent
1: Hill 2. And I'm excited because I play Dead by Daylight and they're coming out. They have a Silent Hill DLC yeah. thing so you can play as I don't ever play as the killer but you can play as Pyramid Head but they're doing a James from Silent Hill 2 skin for Cheryl, who is the survivor in Dead by Daylight and it's coming out soon so I will be getting that and playing as James from Silent Hill 2.
0: We're all very happy
3: for you. I'm huh? very happy for me. It's well. actually... That's the only Silent Hill that I own. And I got my copy signed by Akira Yamaoka, the oh my composer. God, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> well,
3: Chris,
0: what is your number two?
3: My number two is Puzzle Games, which I love a lot. And this is my favorite puzzle game. It's Tetris Attack on the Super Nintendo. Also known as Panel de Pon, especially if you got the Switch, and that's the only one you could play. Yeah. But, you know, they brought Panel de Pawn over to the U.S., and they were like, okay, well, we need to sell this thing. Um... Yoshi's Island just came out. Let's put Yoshi's Island characters in it. And let's also just throw the Tetris name in there for no reason. But, yeah. So it has nothing to do with Tetris. Uh, and they, they just kind of replaced all of the magical fairy princesses with, um, with Yoshi characters. And so like that's that's Tetris Attack. But we got it in 1995. My mom actually was taken in by the Tetris title, so she thought it'd be a Tetris game. She bought it, and, like, we all, like, played it and stuff, and I just got, like, really, really especially good at it, and I've been playing it for years. You know, it's just, like, something about switching panels around and, like, linking up chains and combos and stuff. It's, like, it actually makes sense to me, unlike something like a Puyo or a Columns, which I'm terrible at. Um, I actually got so good at it that I've won, like, a few local tournaments. Nice. (laughs) So, that game has paid for many other games for me (laughs) over the years. Yeah. That's my favorite. It's also got a fantastic soundtrack, which is really funky. And if you're a bass player, it's ooh incredible. So yeah. I like it too. I like that. I I like Puyo though. I like yeah. I, I'm good at Puyo. I like the idea of Puyo. It's just I'm so miserably bad at it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now we're at number one. We're almost done with this really really long episode. And my number one is my favorite adventure game of all time. It is Gabriel Knight one. Uh, and I could talk forever about it and i'm not going to but uh it is it's an amazing game with an incredibly in-depth story you are uh, a very mediocre horror writer who is researching some voodoo murders in new orleans so you can get material for your next book and then it turns out your family has an ancient history of fighting things that live in the shadows and it's one of the very it's the only time where I've ever seen a story where uh, the main character is, you know, the mystical chosen family heritage, Gabriel Knight never ever says, "I didn't ask for this. I didn't want this." His attitude is just, "Well, if this is what I'm supposed to do, all right. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it the best I can, I guess." His method to problem solving is to just wade straight into the problem and hope he can find a way to wade back out. It's it's uh, such a mixture Me every day at work. Bravado and stupidity. It is. The first one is the best they all ha- all three of them have great story, although the third one's real hard to play. I just I love the Gabriel Knight series. It is nice. the best. If we could get a Gabriel Knight Four, I would give up a leg for that. It would be amazing. <laughs> you're going to give up a leg to the Silent Hill people yeah <laughs> happily if it could get me a Gabriel Knight four
1: <laughs> I've never heard of most of the games on your list <laughs> or the Pocahontas Game, so it's
0: been a good day. yeah, we're learning <laughs> yeah. Learning. So, Rachel, you've got a number one.
2: I do. And this is my cheat. Um, and if you listen to Russ and I talking about Mass Effect, then you probably have an idea. Yeah. Um, because it's basically all the modern Bioware RPGs. Um, so, yeah, I started with Kotar um, when that first came out on the PC. And then, yeah, Mass Effect, Dragon Age. I said jade region before and i meant jade empire jade Jade region is a pathfinder campaign so whoopsies (laughs) got those twists uh, twisted i apologize um but yeah um they're just so varied i mean i know like yeah Kotar and Mass Effect are both set in space, but you know, totally different worlds. I, Star Wars is a beast of its own, um, but I'm so, if, really yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. Dragon Age is really good. Yeah. I love Dragon Age. So excited for the awesome. remastered of Kotar, but yeah, Dragon Age, you know, like, do you want to play something like medieval? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Alistair was like one of my first like video game romances. I was like, oh my God, it's he's for me. Um, but yeah, they've expanded so much. It's nice to see like how the worlds have changed, how the characters have changed um, in all of them. Having diversity um, in the games has been really nice.
1: Dragon Age Inquisition did romance very, very good. Yes,
2: yeah. Very surprising, like, the actual thought that went into it. Because, like, even, like, Dragon Age 1, like, you know, if you picked, like, if you were an elf instead of, um, you know, a human, like, you couldn't marry Alistair in the end. Which, you know, it's cool, like, they were thinking about that, like, kind of racial politics kind of thing. But, yeah, Inquisition definitely... Up their game, and so I'm really looking forward to four taking place in uh to winter which is
1: going to be. Yeah, I heard about that. Dark. It's mm-hmm. going to be dark. Um, you can also you can also date Freddie Prince Jr. Yes, you can. <laughs> in Dragon think. Age Inquisition. You know.
2: <laughs> so
0: so hopefully that comes back in, that, right. in Dragon <laughs> Age <into> Four. <laughs> I, I am yes. all in for the KotOR remaster as well. By oh the way. Oh my
2: God! Yes. Thank you, PS Five. Um. Yeah. So yeah, the the modern Bioware RPGs. Like I have played like Baldur's Gate, and Neverwinter Nights, um, but I, was ne- I never got into them as much. So, um, yeah, anything with character development where I can... not It doesn't even have to be romance. Just, like, learn about the people who are helping mm-hmm. me commit mass murder uh, is There's always good really lore, nice. There's lore, and I liked yeah. the
1: twist and in Inquisition, and, yeah, yeah, I liked the yeah. lore of those it games.
2: Was, it was lots of fun. But, yeah, you know, do I want to play a medieval game? Do I want to play a sci-fi game? Like, do I want to, you know, learn about, um, you know, just a whole different cult- culture's mythology? Like, that was cool for jade empire but um yeah that's that's my cheat one all the modern bioware rpgs
1: (laughs) good choice all right russ you're number one so my number one um the so this is truly i saved this for for last because it really is my second favorite type of game to play besides jrpgs or rpgs in general because i do like diablo and stuff like that too um but i picked metroidvanias um really 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 love them i got into them not I got into the Igarashi uh, Castlevania games, so it was Circle of the Moon on the Game Boy Advance. Um, they really got me into it. I was very excited because a, a Game Boy Advance Castlevania collection just came out, yep. um, so I'm enjoying that. But the irony of my choice is that it is neither a Metroid nor a Castlevania.
0: Of course it's <laughs> It's not. just
1: the genre, and it is not a series yet. Um, But hopefully we'll be soon. And it's Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight, I think, is the perfect distilled version, like the perfect distillation of all of the all of the games that are in the Metroidvania genre. I think it is very it is very fun, very challenging um, and very like tightly put together experience. It has great mood. It has a great jury atmosphere mixed with very, very cute little bug people. Um, that you get get to interact with even the enemies are cute I think the cuteness mixed with the dreariness is uh, spectacular and I love that you play little bug guy and you fight with a needle like a sewing needle and there's a little princess named Hornet that is kind of the Catwoman of the game and uh tracks you down and, and the exploration is fun and it's unlike some of the metroidvania games like bloodstained which i recently finished it doesn't overwhelm you with like powers and abilities and stats and everything like that it's all very it's all very streamlined um and i just love it and hollow knight silk song is supposed to come out someday and i hope it's soon but i also hope that the that everybody at Team Cherry is getting plenty of rest and <laughs> no crunch, that, that, no crunch, and you just take as long as you need to make a wonderful game. But I can't wait. Roughs, will, will be here waiting for you. I will be here waiting because I genuinely while you find your love, best self. love, love that mm-hmm. game.
2: Yeah, I'm really bad at those kind of games, but I watched Hollow Knight and I was just like, ah, yeah, it's this really is so cool and it's so pretty and
3: it's getting me pumped because I just got Metroid Dread, so I'll be playing that mm-hmm. when I get home all right Chris bring it home for us the final game of our discussion well okay but it's one that Russ already picked it's Super Mario 3 (laughs) there we go yay Uh, it's a good one yeah it's a really good one that was the first Mario that I got to anticipate because I'm old yeah because uh yeah Mario 2 well Mario 1 was the first one I played Mario 2 was the first game I ever rented and then Mario 3 came out about a year later and uh yeah just I played it three different times yesterday like it's I just yeah. been playing that game forever, and it just always holds up. So, don't know what it is. There's some special magic about uh, Mario's third outing, but really is. and scholars have written volumes about how great it is. So I don't really
1: have anything to add other than. It's my it to Mario World, which I feel yeah. like a lot of people like Mario World
3: People more, try to never... make that an
1: argument, and
0: I don't yeah. think it is. I don't <laughs> think it is either.
3: Yeah. They're both great games at, by, at the end of the day anyway. So,
0: yeah. All right, so there you go, guys. We had 54 minutes of discussion nice. about non-JRPGs. We talked about it 20 happens. games. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, we're finally giving the listeners something that's not JRPGs. Um, <laughs> don't expect it again. <laughs> yeah. Not for not for like
3: another seven years. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody mentions Excite Truck though, I can't promise I
0: won't go into it again. Yeah. There we go. All right. Uh thank you everybody for joining me. Thank you at home for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye. 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 Bye.